Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Bill Kasky podcast. Today's episode topic is what are the five skills that you need to have to make it big time in 2022? Hey, comrades, comradettes, Bill Kasky back. I had, I've got a few complaints about my voice the last couple of episodes, and uh, yeah, I had a little cold, and uh, it affected my voice. I think it's a little back, it's not quite all the way back yet today, but uh, I, I did want to do this episode. We missed last week because of that, and we like to not miss too many weeks, so sorry about that. Uh, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what we do or get on the wait list for my next high achiever, high achiever mentoring and group coaching program, go to BillKasky.com. I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, in, in another episode, but we're going to be launching another group. We started one last year. Great success. Good people. Lots of growth. Lots of growth uh, from the people in the group. And uh, I don't want you to miss it if you're interested. So BillKasky.com wait list at the top. Other stuff there too. Uh, let's see. Why am I doing this topic on skills? Well, that's a good question. I, in my work with organizations, I go into a company and, uh, you know, at the at the behest of the CEO or VP of sales, and typically there's a presenting problem, uh, like we need to close more sales or we need to generate more business in this particular line of of work, or we need to open up a new market or launch a new product. There's always some presenting problem or opportunity that is at the, in the in the front of the table. It's like that's on the easel. How, Bill, how are you going to help us do this? And I love that because it gives us direction. And what I also find is that there are a lot of sub-skills that go into solving of that problem. And so let's say, for example, that uh, one of the uh, most recent examples I have is a company came to me. we got like 25 salespeople. And they said, um, Bill, we want you to come in. And we want you to help us modernize our skills so that the people uh, on our team can uh, can be thought leaders. They can be more highly thought of so that by the time they get to the call, uh, they are positioned properly. They're not seen as yet another salesperson in the in the industry, that they're seen as somebody else. Well, that's a really good that's a really good objective. And the questions I always have is, okay, well, what's not working now? What are you trying to accomplish financially? What what do you think this will lead to economically, monetarily, if you do this? Is it a doubling of the business? Is it 5Xing? Is it, you know, 0.1% more? And they gave they always give me that. And we have to work through that sometimes because people don't, they haven't thought about that. They just know intuitively that they need to change the 
dynamic of the buyer-seller relationship. And by the way, you should all be looking at that. Am I making progress at changing the dynamic of the traditional buyer-seller relationship? Because if you're not, you're going to be treated like every other average salesperson in the planet on the planet. And I know you're not every average salesperson on the planet. I think you're better. I know you are. But if you don't change the dynamic, all they are left with is, well, this guy is the same as this lady and this lady is the same as this guy. And they kind of all look alike. And, you know, when you think about it, a lot of salespeople do look alike. So we don't want that to happen to you. So one of the things that I urge you to do as part of the lesson here in this podcast is look at the dynamic between buyer and seller. Are they coming to you? Are they uh, busting your down your door down to get to you? Or are you busting their door down to get to them? That makes a huge difference. Huge difference. I just uh, started working with a, with a client uh, about a month ago, right before Christmas. And they came to me. And it was an easy sale. They listened to the podcast, they read the blog, they followed me on LinkedIn, and at some point they said, hey, we want it. We want you to come in and work with us. Money was not an issue, time was not an issue, we just worked out the details. And I want that for you. Now, I've been busy working on my uh, media platforms over the years, but so should you. This, you're, not, you're no different than me. I, I might sell coaching and consulting, but it's no different than you if you're selling dental equipment or capital equipment of some kind. Same thing applies. Build your platform. Okay, so let's get into the five skills for 2022. Number one, guess what it is? Platform building. Actually, it was number five, but because I dove into that topic, I'm going to make it number one here. Consistent platform building. Are you building your platform in a consistent manner? Are you posting in a consistent manner? Are you doing webinars uh, consistently? Are you uh, writing something of value either on LinkedIn or on your blog or somewhere? Are you, are you actually delivering valuable content and building your reputation, building your brand in the market by building your platform? Why not if you're not? It's so easy to do today. So you need to be thinking about, am I building my platform? It's easier today than ever before. Number two, on-camera skills. I am constantly working on this. And sometimes, as I've said on this podcast before, I go into the studio to record a video or a series of videos. And the first few I do, I'm like, God, that was awful. And then I go around again, and the next ones are a little bit better, and the next ones are a little bit better. And then a month later, I start over, and the same thing happens. I think, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this here recently, and I I think there's some truth to that. The more consistently you shoot video, the better you get. Rather than, and I'm all for batching video. Like if you've got four to shoot, let's say you want to do a four-part series on LinkedIn about the four biggest problems that companies have when they don't have your product. You want to do it, you probably want to batch record those. You probably want to do it all in one sitting, setting, sitting, setting. But you also need to keep your chops sharp as you go after that. And that comes back to how often are you creating and shooting video? And I think our on-camera skills matter. I think our ability, and this is one thing I'm terrible at, is smiling at the camera. Look like you kind of want to be there. When I have to remember the script, I get this crease right above my nose, the bridge of my, I get this crease and I look, I look like I'm mad. 
I mean, I've even seen it. I look like I'm mad. So I've got to get in the right frame of mind to do these things. One way I do it is through preparation. Get very clear. I write up a, an outline. I put it behind the camera so I can see it, but it's not on camera. And when I have that there, I'm just so much more comfortable. So think about on-camera skills. Because you may not do a lot of video right now, but you will. You will in the future. So get ready now. Number three, writing cohesiveness. And I think writing skills are important. Uh, I know they're important because you're emailing and you're uh, communicating via written text and, and uh, other, other forms of written communication. But it also helps your thinking. Writing helps you think. And if you have not written in a while, try it. It'll be difficult. It'll be, it's a muscle that you've got to, uh, you've got to uh, test it. You've got to help it to thrive. You have to bring the muscle alive again. And if you've not written in a while, start on LinkedIn. Just start with an article on LinkedIn. I have a client and my goal for them is to write one article a week on LinkedIn. And the first few weeks, it was like pulling teeth. And guess what? They got better. And they started posting an article a week on LinkedIn. Each, each salesperson, there's 10 in the company, posts an article a week on LinkedIn. These aren't long, you know, you know, Nobel Prize winning essays. These are short three or four paragraph articles. But guess what's happening? They're getting better at writing. They're getting better at communicating their value. And people are noticing. People are following. They're reaching out. They're, uh, they're sharing the articles. It's positioning them better. When they, now when they go into a meeting and they send out an article, and, and my coaching always is, if you're going into a meeting with a brand new prospect and there's an article you've written recently that pertains to the topic you're going to be discussing at that meeting, share that article with people before you even meet them. Hey, I know we're going to be getting together next week. I'm looking forward to it. Here's the Zoom information, Teams information. By the way, I wrote an article a couple of months ago on the topic that we're going to be discussing. Thought you'd like to see it. Here's the link. Now, guess what happens when you get there? You are an author. You are a creator. You've thought through something. You've, you've been concerned enough about the audience that you serve to go into a room, put paper to pencil or pencil to paper. Depends on how you write. I guess you could move the paper, keep the pencil still. But you've, you're concerned enough about that that you have gone in and d done that. What does that tell them about you? It tells them a lot. It tells them this is probably the person that I want to, to be in business with. So don't discount the, the writing chops. And I suggest that you get better at it. There's lots of courses. Uh, actually, Jason Leister, L-E-I-S-T-E-R, has a really good writing course. You can go to, I think you can find him at jasonleister.com. I take his email newsletter every day. He's an excellent writer. And uh, he's actually worked with some of my clients, and he's very good at it. Okay, number four, clarity of offer. Clarity of offer. There is a lot of confusion, I think, and discussion about what is an offer. I think when we think about an offer, we think, hey, Jinsu, is it Ginsu Knives? $79.99, but for you today, it's only $39.99, and if you buy it now, you'll get this extra paring knife, uh, and if you buy the paring knife now, you'll get this extra whatever pair of scissors. I mean, and, and that, okay, that's an offer, 
but that's a retail, direct-to-consumer, infomercial offer. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is when they buy from you, what do they get? If you're an accounting uh, accountant and you're selling accounting services and someone calls you and they've been ref- you've been referred to them and you go in to see them, there is, there is their perception of what an accountant does. And there's what you do. And there may be a gap. I suggest you make that gap big time. Make that gap big. And then be able to communicate what you do so that they will say, well, my God, I don't get any of that from my current accountant. And again, this is not about pitching accounting services or pitching how great you are. I'm just looking for what is it you do that makes your deliverable unique, valuable, meaningful. It could be extra things that have nothing to do with accountant, accountancy. So, for example, I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I used to have a couple of accounting firms and I never thought about it at the time, but were I to have another accounting firm reach out to me and, and want me to work with their teams, I would look at what are all the things that that business needs that you could provide or, or uh, give them access to that may have nothing to do with numbers. Like, for example, maybe they need business planning. And maybe you don't do business planning. Maybe you should hire a person and uh, have them build a course on business planning so that every time a new client comes in, you have a course that you can uh, give them access to. So, again, this is part of the business objective, but it's not something that you do. And I'm never recommending that you get into business planning if you don't want to. I think CPAs actually should be in business planning. A lot of them aren't. But can you give them access to something that would benefit them? That's a big difference maker than just going in and doing taxes once a year. So think about your offer. Think about all the things that you deliver once the person across the desk, virtual, says yes. They say, Cheryl, I'm in. Let's go. They need to know what happens after they say, let's go. If they don't know, they're going to be reluctant to say, yes, let's go. So be clear on your offer. What are all the things you you give or they get? And be clear about it. Number five, uh, this skill is, I don't know if it's a skill or not, but I see a lot of this uh, deficiency here is planning to goal, G-O-A-L, planning to goal, meaning you've got this goal. You've got this big ambition, big number for the year or big number for the next five years. You've got these ambitious sights set on large achievements. What's the plan to get there? So do you have a plan that will get you to the goal, planning to goal? A lot of times I hear, and I I hear this a lot in the VP sales world, where we talk about uh, forecasting. We talk about goals as forecasts. Goals are projects. They are not forecasts. If I have a, a goal of 2Xing my business this year, 2Xing my territory, then I want to know, okay, that's awesome. Sounds impressive. How are you going to do it? Well, I'm just going to work harder. No, that's not enough. I'm going to work harder. You're going to work twice as hard. Is that possible? You must not have worked much last year. You worked two hours a day. Now you're going to bump it up to four. <laughs> okay. That's not a plan. Working harder is not a plan. I want to understand what is the plan to get you to the goal. We do this thing called personal business planning. I did it last year. I might package it up and and turn it into a digital product 
but it's a great, I, I don't usually talk about my programs as great programs. The results are great, though. Program, yeah, but the results are awesome. I just had an email the other day from a lady who built her plan back in December, and she's already accomplished three things. And one of the things she's accomplished already was a thing that she well, almost didn't even put down because it sounded so, um, so big, so large, so hairy and audacious, as we used to say, BHAG, never liked that. But. So personal business plans are very important. And the reason is they're important. Uh, the reason they're important is that there is a method to the madness of goal setting. If you're just asking your people, if you're a VP or if somebody's asking you what's your goal for next year, and they're not inquiring and demanding that you give them the plan or help them or help you work through the plan, then they're not they're not a good leader. And if you're doing that with your people. And you're not saying, okay, great, good goal. How are we going to get there? What are all the subcomponents? What are the milestones? Uh, what are the things, what are the resources we need to tap into in order to make that happen? How much are we going to have to spend? Are, are, you know, if we're going to go from a million to $2 million a year in, in revenue, do we need to spend anything? Do we need to spend $5, uh, $500,000? I was I used to coach and train a CEO of a of a limestone company, and um, and the, he took it from I don't know in the teens to in the thirties within three years, and he spent a lot of money on marketing and a lot of money on on us too on training his team. He had a great team, still does, but he spent a lot of money on marketing, a lot of money on branding. A lot of money on brochures, on websites, on ads. I mean, he invested, I bet he invested a half million dollars, if not more. But guess what? He moved it from seven to some teens to high 30s, and it's still there over three or four years. And guess what? He hadn't spent so much money on branding recently. Hasn't needed to. He did all that early. So sometimes you have to spend money as part of the planning to get to the goal. But if you... Don't see the goal. If you want to go from a million to two million, and let's say your income goes from a hundred grand to two hundred grand, are you willing to invest ten grand to get there? If you're not, you may not get there. So stop thinking about how do I do it as cheaply as I can. Ask the question: If I want to get to from a hundred grand to two hundred grand or a million to two, what am I going to have to spend? How much of that's my money? Maybe you have to spend some money out of pocket. Maybe your company will fund it. Maybe it's a combination. But the point there is have a plan to go. I hope that helps you today. Five things. Number one, build your damn platform, gang. Come on. On camera skills, writing cohesiveness, clarity of offer, planning to go. Make sure you do an iTunes review. We'd love to hear it if you like this. Even if you don't. You can, you, you can leave a negative review if you want. I guess that's okay. But I do want to hear from you. You can uh, reach me. Go to BillKasky.com. Plenty of ways to communicate with me there. And see you later. Bye.